All right, welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly Pump. I am your host, Johnny Blaze. And before we get to the interview portion of the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to everybody I met this week that was in town for the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Um, we got to meet some amazing people. You know, we haven't, in our area, we haven't had anything big like this in quite a while since, say, the 2005 Worlds. Uh, maybe the, I guess there was a Blue Mountain tournament, maybe in 08 or 09. But uh, yeah, we really haven't had much of this going on. So it was really awesome to meet all the, the pros, all the touring pros. Um, every single one of them, absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. So that was really awesome, and a huge shout-out to everybody that volunteered, helped out with the event. It was hot, it was hectic, um, and uh, we knocked down the park as far as I'm concerned, so that's, that's great. Um, and, uh, yeah, just everybody else that we met, I got to meet some uh, some awesome people. I got to meet Jeff and Kara from uh, from Ontario. They were came in town just, to, just for the event, just to see what's going on with Disc Golf Pro Tour, to hang out with us, hang out with Steve Bro, uh, their Disc Golf Park representatives. So, just that's just absolutely awesome. Um, and big shout out to the like I, I want to say like they they set the vibe every time we came back on from being on the course. We came back down to the vending area, dude, to Greg and Stanley at the OTB tent, just smiles on their face, just just crushed it, dude. So I you know, awesome meeting you guys. Thank you guys very much for coming out, dude. It was it was awesome. Um, yeah, so that's about it. Um, I also want to say to any of the new listeners, thank you for joining us. Check out all of the stuff we have going on. I have Facebook, Instagram. Actually, that's about it, Facebook and Instagram. We haven't done Twitter or anything yet, but uh, check out our Instagram right now, The Weekly Pump. Uh, at Instagram, on Instagram, we are doing a giveaway right now. I have uh, a Reebok pump signed by Garrett Gerthy. Uh, he was so kind enough to sign it. It's Gators Colors. We're uh, we're doing a little auction for that. Uh, you can go there, place your bids. All the money from that is going to go to Garrett to help him on tour, to help him buy new kicks, what what for whatever he could buy more jerky with it. You know, whatever he needs to do. So, uh, just uh, that's that. So, without any further ado, here's the podcast. All right, welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly Pump. I am your host, and uh, as many of you know locally, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is in town, and uh, I'd kind of be amiss not to interview somebody that's here, and luckily I ran into James Conrad while uh, hanging out in Quakertown, and he agreed to do the podcast with me, which is a great pleasure for me and an honor, and uh, welcome. How you doing? Thanks so much, Johnny. It's great to great to be here with you. Yeah, dude, definitely, definitely. Uh, uh, how how are you enjoying Pennsylvania so far, man? I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, I haven't I haven't really spent too much time in this area over the years. I I've kind of played like down to the south of here and then up to the north. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really my first time to Quaker Town or to this area at all. So it, yeah, you just cool kind of would like skip past the Pennsylvania, New York, and go right up to, to Massachusetts. Maple Hill. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good golf in this area. It's uh, it's kind of a shame you can't be around a little bit longer to really see everything that we have to offer here. Because uh, we all locally, we all know that this is like a hidden gem. You know, nice. everybody kind of talks about like Charlotte. They talk about the Dallas area, even like Maple Hill area. Yeah. And like we kind of. Uh, 
like just kind of feel miffed a little bit that no one no one knows yeah no one knows (laughs) which is kind of a nice thing right it's a little bit of a secret yeah yeah but i think that the the secret's kind of kind of getting out a little bit you know what i mean with uh Uh with all this coverage for like lost valley open was a big one and yeah uh, and now with the disc golf pro tour being up at steel club yeah i know i've heard great stories of knock mixing for years i've just never never had the chance so yeah yeah and hopefully hopefully at one point you get the chance you know it's kind of a it's we're a little disappointed you know that uh it's not really here you know but it's yeah the tour life is it's like almost a it's obviously amazing because we get to go around the country and see so many awesome courses but it it's also a bit of a grind in the sense that like you know we're playing almost every weekend in in a tournament and so it doesn't leave a lot of time like say when i'm here it doesn't I don't have a lot of motivation to want to go check out the other courses yeah. they have. You know, we don't want to wear ourselves out mm-hmm. playing playing a bunch of different courses rather than the ones we're competing on. But yeah. it'd be yeah, it'd be cool if the schedule was like a little more spaced out. You know, so we could kind of yeah. spend more time in each spot. But yeah, I know that like this part of the season is really jammed up. It seems like up here mm-hmm. in the Northeast, it's a weekend after weekend after weekend. And I guess you're you're basically playing every weekend all tour. You know. Yeah, it's felt. It's felt extra busy this year. I think I'm at 25 plus of tournaments, and I haven't really played any small tournaments. You know, it's mm-hmm. just been all like elite series events and yeah, A tiers and which is awesome. Tour. But yeah. it makes it busy for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, for well, someone at your skill level playing those events, you're, you're you get the cash and actually make some good money to travel around the country. You know. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, uh, how long have you uh, been on tour, like permanently? I guess I'll say. Sure. Yeah, 2016, um, right around June was when I first went out on tour at all. So I'm just over five years, I guess now, 2016 through 2021. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, I was working, I just had a job. I was working at, at Virginia Tech um, doing, like, warehouse-type work, and the summers obviously are pretty slow. So I was like, hey, guys, you think I can take three months off, like, unpaid leave and there's this like disc golf tour I'm going to try to do and kind of planned out the first, it was the first pro tour, the disc golf pro tour, the inaugural year. And Maple Hill was the first event of that five tournament tour. Okay. And so I picked out all those five and then some in between that made sense. And yeah, three months in, I, I never looked back. I was yeah. like, sorry, I can't, can't come home. I'm doing too well. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got, you got hooked and I got yeah. hooked big time. Oh, I believe it, man. I, you know, especially if you're playing well, you know, mm-hmm. like we have some local pros out there right now, you know, going on their first tour, Dan Brooks Wells and Mike Carmen. And yeah, I know those guys. Well, they're, they're cool guys. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I guess I saw some practice rounds you've done with Dan, you know, both with MVP. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, and I, I feel like they, they obviously didn't play to their expectations this year, but I, you know, I, it's all positive from them. So I think that hopefully they'll go back out and, you know, n- never look back much like Awesome. You, you know? Yeah, hopefully so. I yeah. know they're very talented and mm-hmm. it, it can be tough. You know, there's so many good golfers out on tour. It can be tough to really make a name for yourself, mm-hmm. I think. But, yeah, I think year one is going to be tough for anyone. And yeah. it just kind of takes getting comfortable and, and, you know, really enjoying the traveling and, and kind of fully embracing the lifestyle to, mm. to really have a chance of making it work long term. Yeah, well, and just and now it's making it your job. Right. You know, that's what we, we talked the other night about Mike, how he, you know, he worked at a quarry and was working 50, 60 hours a week. And then now all of a sudden it's you wake up and go play disc golf instead of yeah. going to work. And, you know, it's like it's got to be a, a different thing, at least in the beginning, to really get used to something like that, you know. No doubt. It, yeah, for me, it. It made disc golf easier for sure. It's like, whoa, like 
I can practice all week for these tournaments. Like, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and rather than just like grinding it out, like, you know, leaving on a Friday after work and getting back late night Sunday. And yeah, you actually have time to like let your body recover and to feel really fresh for the tournaments. Not yeah. to mention prepared and knowing the courses. Yeah, I think that, that's probably the biggest thing. Because, I mean, I notice whenever I go somewhere else and play, if I don't get a couple practice rounds in, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess out there. So, I guess getting, mm-hmm. getting that, those reps and everything like that is a, is a big deal, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, that's why I, that's why I always like to stay local, you know. We, always, I, we would talk about some of our local, local heroes that would want to get out there. You know, we uh, a little north of here is like Bobby Copperthwaite's a good friend okay. of ours and everything. And yeah. uh, he never leaves the area. Uh-huh. We keep telling him, like, get, get out of <laughs> the area. The like, you're an amazing golfer. Like, you need to be going and playing, you know, around and everything like that, you know. And, right. I mean, it doesn't always work out for everybody. You know, it was, you know, I guess you were in a good situation where, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't have a lot tying you down to. Yeah, you know, exactly. I guess you were in, what, Blacksburg? Blacksburg, Virginia, yeah, yes. Yeah, so you didn't have anything really tying you down too much other than the job and, I mean, I guess family down there and everything. Right. But you can actually get out there and, and do Still it. Still visit. And yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that's cool. You know, and, again, I'm guessing your, your family was very supportive of you getting out there and doing it. Yeah, absolutely. My family's pretty big into disc golf. My mm-hmm. my dad's been playing well over 20 years, and my my mom's really into it too. She hasn't played too much, but okay. they have a private course, like a full 18 holes on about 10 acres down oh, there nice. in Blacksburg and have random disc golfers coming over to the house all the time. You know, they're definitely in, in the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I was lucky enough. I got I met your dad at Paul Paul this year at the okay. WBTI. Cool. So uh, Jay, Jay Gobrecht kept pointing him out. He's like, that's James, that's James Conrad's dad, you know? I'm nice. like, oh. And I had to go over there and talk to him. And, you know, he's a really nice. incredibly nice guy, you know? So Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's kind of a big thing, you know, when you have that, that support and everything. Um, how, uh, how young were you when you got into the game? My dad started taking me out in the mid-90s, so I was born in 1990, so I was probably five, six, oh, seven, wow. somewhere in that range yeah. when I was out there. And I feel like when I first started, I was, like, flicking, you know, little kids. That mm-hmm. kind of well, that's why you get the most – you seem to get the most distance yeah, just that way. like, flicking them, but – Grew out of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like the more natural. You're used to throwing things as a uh-huh. kid, so that's the more natural way to do it. You know, yeah. I guess yeah. That's kind of a. A lot of people will find that strange to hear. Yeah. <laughs> started James Conrad started out flicking, which I mean, we've seen you flick on tour and everything. Sure. And it's, it's, you have a pretty pretty good flick, you know. Some it's, days it it's serviceable. Yeah, it's yeah. Not my favorite to throw though. Yeah. Well, just put yourself in better situations, you know, mm-hmm. so you're not uh, you know, you don't have to do those uh-huh. types of things, you know. So. Uh, I mean, big, big deal this year. You won, yeah. the, you won the world championships. Heck dude. yeah. That's awesome, man. How, uh, like, how does it feel when people, you know, like, uh, I didn't introduce you that way, but how does it feel when someone introduces you as the 2021 PDGA world champion? Are you, have you gotten used to that yet? Or It's a pretty special feeling. It's, um, yeah, I guess, like, a lot of times the the person seeing us off at, at these tournaments, they'll give us a little introduction, like mm-hmm. James Conrad, sponsored by MVP, your 2021 world champion. And yeah. that one, it just like instantly puts a smile on my face, you yeah. know, and, and hearing the whoever's out there watching, just, just clap and yeah. and be excited to see me throw or to see off or mm-hmm. what have you is just really special. Like, it's something I... You know, growing up, I was playing disc golf and never even even fathomed that, like, you know, I might be a world champion at this someday. Like, mm-hmm. and I knew I was pretty skilled relative to to some other people, and but yeah, disc golf in the '90s and early 2000s wasn't. 
it, it just wasn't obviously at the same level. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really even know that anyone was a touring professional back then. And like, I didn't really follow the scene or, or know that it was like an option. Yeah. And so to think that that's what I'm doing pretty much my whole life right now, you know, is, yeah. is competing in disc golf tournaments is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I guess if you would have, uh, if you would have told yourself, you can go back and tell yourself when you left for those three months mm-hmm. leave and say like, Hey, this is, this will be a job. Right. Not just you'll have a good tour and you can come back and work in the winter and go back out in the next spring or summer yeah. and everything. It's like now you can make money off of it. And, no doubt. you know, with, you know, and it's, you know, especially with bigger companies coming in now, more than just Innova and Discraft coming mm-hmm. in, you know, and, you know, now you're with one of the newer companies, which is actually isn't really even new anymore. It's been around for what, 10, yeah, 11 10, years 10, 11 now. years. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, uh when we first started getting the ion in the area, right. you know, like uh, there was a the disc golf shop up in Allentown called Dodo's. And I remember when they came out and it was like that, what the heck are these, you know? And I, I mean, I, threw, <laughs> I putted with the ion. That was like my first, my first cool. putter was the ion, you know? So, so I still have a, I have a small stack of like second generation ions at home. You nice. Know, just, you know, maybe one of these days I'll break them back out and start using them again. Yeah. You know, or, or maybe just throw something newer. You know, that, that's my <laughs> biggest problem is I have, a lot of old discs mm-hmm. that I just like absolutely love. So then you end up collecting right. old expensive discs. And, and if you want to throw them, it's like, shoot, I don't want to lose this yeah. one. Oh, or, it's, uh, it's the absolute worst. We went and played AGA the other day and I lost a, a CFR uh, uh, destroyer. Oh no. Yeah. So it was like, it was kind of upsetting to lose it's something like tough, that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I have a box of them at home, so I mm, guess that's good. Not it, too bad. Yeah. It's more the sentimental thing. I got it. I got it when I was in Oregon. At a plate cool. against sports, a friend of mine bought it for me, so it was like I kind of wanted to keep it. Was it was a special one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it had cool like how attached we can get to a specific disc. Yeah, or? it's it's a it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it was uh, this actually had a signature, it had a name on it, and the guy I was with knew that knew him, so we called him, and he was like, "Oh no, like, you know, I I I sold it to somebody. It's not my disc anymore." So it was like it was kind of oh, cool, nice. and it was someone from the East Coast, and then it had a a West Vir- it had a West Virginia stamp on it. Wow! So it had a bunch of different. Out like, in Oregon, you yeah, found it. that's crazy. Yeah, it just like it just kind of brought it all together for me, because you know uh-huh. I mean? that's usually that's the my the most beautiful courses I played are in Oregon, and then I yeah, play Paul Paul. I play Paul Paul every year, so you know it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, you see gorgeous courses all the time. Where uh, where would you say would be, you know, your most beautiful, you know, serene place you've ever been? Maybe a bit of recency bias, but I think the last couple stops, you know, Green Mountain, it, mm-hmm. it's hard to, it's hard to really compare that one to to many other places on tour, and then then also Maple Hill. Those those two venues have been two of my favorites to play disc golf at since I've been to either of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, Green Mountain, just the the variety between the two courses, like the, the beautiful forest you're playing through on Brewster, and then playing playing on the in like the prairies and the plains just with gorgeous mountain views at Fox Run is just yeah just amazing plus the temperature is always great when we're there and mm-hmm. it's coming off of like a hot midwest summer tour and it's like whoa this is yeah why don't we just stay here all summer yeah. you know <laughs> but um yeah they really they seem to do it right up there you know yeah. with the maple hill i mean it's it's nice having you know staff and mm-hmm. having people that can work on the course like that, I think oh, that's, yeah. that's a big deal. And, you know, and, and uh, Steve Dodge does a good job up there at Maple and then Jeff Spring 
you know, build an amazing track and everything up there no at, at Green Mountain, which is which is pretty cool. I've yet to be, I've yet to go to Green Mountain, so that's something I need I need to do very yeah, soon. Yeah, bucket yeah. list item for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I need to, and I play up there quite often. I do uh, the New England Team Challenge with uh, okay. Team Warwick, so so cool. I've been up that way and played a bunch of different courses. But mm-hmm. you know, Green Mountain you know, hasn't quite made it made it onto the list yet, nice. unfortunately. So so that'll be a good one because I was I play there during the winter too. So it's like oh, wow. I'm not going to Green Mountain and playing there. And, All right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> in the winter i'll go skiing i guess yeah. but you know that's not re- that's not really for me or anything like that so <laughs> um so i mean the other the other big thing that happened for you was moving from innova to mvp um how that had to be i mean a heavy decision to make you know going from you know the company that first supported you to a new company uh like how, how did that all kind of go down as much as you can obviously share you know? sure yeah i guess I wouldn't say I'm the most sentimental person. Okay. Um, like, you know, having your memories and, and like your history with, with a company or just with like items in general, even is is good. But I I don't feel like it has holds too much weight over me. You know. Okay. Like, I could like, obviously I, I left Innova, but that doesn't change anything about the years that I spent with them, mm-hmm. and I still really appreciate everything that they've done for me and. and I still think they have great discs, you yeah. know, like I, I have respect for the company and respect for like the, for myself, like, you know, choosing to represent them. You know, I'm happy that, that I was on Team Innova and, but I don't, I wouldn't say it was too difficult to leave either, you know, yeah. it's end of the day, it's like any sporting team, any team, you know, I have the air quotes there is like it, it's not meant to be like a permanent thing necessarily. Yeah. You know, there, there may be someone that it's like, okay, I'm with Innova for life or I'm with MVP for life. But yeah. what it boils down to is, you know, trying to find a good working relationship with some, with a company and, you know, being able to receive what you think you're worth and being able to offer them like the kind of visibility that they need. And mm. the relationship I had with Innova while, while it was fine, it just probably wasn't, perfect for either end of us so yeah. it wasn't really clicking the way that it possibly could and mm-hmm. i found something that that seems to be suiting both myself and and the company i'm representing a little better with mvp yeah yeah it's and it seems like mvp is a, a growing brand like they're they're growing growing a lot and growing in a lot of different ways you know i, I feel like they've they've captured the like the, the fans like there's a lot of mvp yeah. fans it's like yeah, a lot of the people that are mvp P fans are pretty diehard. Like they're yeah. like all about it. And yeah, well, I guess what are they? The the gyronauts, I think. Yeah. A lot of them like to be called. <laughs> and like I, I was a manager at a disc golf shop, and it seemed like uh, the people that came in and bought MVP it was their whole bag was MVP. Okay. It was very. It wasn't very often when someone would come in and be like, oh. You know, like I, I'm just looking for one disc, and I throw Discraft and Innova and mm-hmm. you know, Latitude or whatever, and then I just want to fill in an MVP. It was like, no, it was on everything. It was full bore, yeah, nice. yeah, and it seems that way. And and I guess, I guess it may it's probably because the discs tend to fly a little bit differently. You know, it seems like a lot of people say that that it, with the weighted rim and everything that it has a different flight and you yeah. know, carries a lot differently. Yeah, you know? yeah, I've definitely noticed noticed some differences that. I wouldn't say it was too drastic, but I, I've been able to definitely notice, like, if I start something forced over a little bit, I can, like, really get a long, like, swing to the to the right on, like, an Anheuser, mm-hmm. or I can just get, like, a really long 
like straight pushing hyzer out of some discs and just some really cool flights and nice. they are i'm really happy with the consistency like if i lose a photon i can just go in the trunk grab another one and i don't even have to think twice about like do i need to beat this in a little bit i can just rip it and yeah. Nice. It's just 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 what I need. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's, yeah, that's, that's money. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest the biggest problem with a lot of the brands is that they don't really you know there isn't consistency, and that's mm-hmm. why you you see runs of discs. Right. Like oh, yeah. I need this run from twenty eighteen yeah. or whatever. Exactly. But. Yeah. So I, I guess that that's pretty cool. That, that kind of makes me think maybe I'm you know, maybe throw a little bit more MVP. You know, if I'm nice. have something that's <laughs> a little more consistent. You know, don't nice. tell Dan Brooks Wells because <laughs> I've been ba- I was not only say bashing, but we were we giving picked, him a hard time. Yeah, we gave him a little bit of a hard time when all. All of a sudden he was like hey you know i'm throwing mvp you know it's like oh that's that's pretty cool you know you know and, and you know he wasn't didn't push it on us at first but it was right. like like yeah you go throw your mvp discs we'll throw our <laughs> we'll keep throwing our innovas and disc manias and everything else and mm-hmm. then he got sponsored which you know now we almost feel like we i, I should support my friends as much as possible you know? nice yeah which is which is pretty cool um so you say like you don't you don't carry much sentiment but what about like what about greeny you know do you like do you kind of um, Do you ever miss throwing greeny at all, or? I, I wouldn't really say I missed it. You know, I, I, I always thought it was funny that like how, how well known that disc got like yeah. in the disc golf community at large. Like, it's probably the seventh or eighth AVR I've I've gotten that beat up over the course of my career playing disc golf. You know, they eventually get really beat up and then they'll break or you lose mm-hmm. them or whatever, and so. It, to me, Greeny's not that much more special than like the blue one I had before that or the yellow one before that. You know, they're all just discs that I've I've really thrown mm-hmm. thrown the heck out of and thrown well. But it, it, yeah, it's just crazy to me how the public like identified with that disc in a sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it was it was you you threw it very well. Right. You throw all your discs very well, but you threw that one very well. And it was when you I think it was when you were kind of jumping on the scene, like, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden it was. It was more than just a guy coming in, you know, fifteenth or sixteenth on tour. Now all of a sudden you're you're on lead cards, and as more and more companies or you know media companies are filming, you, filming you see it a lot more. It. Yeah, so that, I think that's kind of a it's a cool thing, you know. And I, it's cool that it's I I wish I was more into it, but it's cool that you're a part of you know the boom and like yeah. and seeing so much more, you know, like even this weekend to be able to have every single shot is going to be filmed. Yeah, by so everybody. Cool. Like uh-huh. that's like that's I mean I I'd like to think that's the future of the sport but it's kind of unrealistic to think that you can have that many cameras out there to catch every single shot by everybody in a tournament but right that would be that's kind of the cool thing that's happening this weekend with that so. that is cool yeah hey that's you. what's up Tanner <laughs> what's up Tan man that's you, <laughs> 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 nice nice. Steve's um, kid's so cute. Oh, dude, he's awesome, man. That, <laughs> his hair is just—I I love that hair. That's oh, just yeah. great, you know. Uh, the, I watched him the other weekend, and Devin dropped him off, and mm-hmm. you know, I jokingly made a, a comment about uh, trimming his hair into a mullet, you know, because because uh, we knew it would drive—I knew it would drive Steve nuts because he does not want his kid having a mullet. But he was like, "Dude, have, have you seen how long this hair is?" He's like, "I, I watched him for the last couple of days, and I washed his hair, and it's like hangs down like whoa." It's really, really curly. Yeah, so it's, well, yeah. But I, I don't think Steve ever wants to have him, have him cut his hair. You know, right. he lives vicariously through nice. it. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, though. It and it's it's cool to watch like him and even like even uh, Steve's stepson Chase like throw 
discs like you know mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool to see at that age people out there throwing you know i mean yeah, i really awesome. wish i would have got out there at that point you know and mm-hmm. you know or it would have been closer like i grew up with devin right you know, and like i wish like when he started playing disc golf like he started dragging you out with him yeah, and, yeah yeah instead i was just picking on him you know, and, you know <laughs> that's uh, our, our big joke between the two of us is that i, I signed his sixth grade yearbook uh, you suck <laughs> you know, and that's, I mean, that's very much like this East Coast type of like, you know, uh-huh. ribbon on each other type of thing, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, holding, when you throw these MVP discs, them holding a line for you. Yeah. So that's why you trusted it on hole 18 at Worlds, and I'm assuming, you know, to be able to throw that shot and know that, you know, trust it and know that you have that kind of accuracy to really run something like that must have been pretty, pretty awesome to, to have that tool in your hand and, and trust it like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that blue and yellow one was one of the first first that I started testing out, and it, so it's had a nice chance to get pretty beat up. And um, yeah, that up at the elevation we were playing at in Utah, I could hit it hard and flat, and it would just get that nice little drift to the right. So yeah, you know, based on the situation, I didn't really didn't really have a choice but to try to sink it. And yeah. The fact that it was able to go in was is just still kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I was in shock. Cool. I was I was at home watching it, and I, it, I, yeah, I didn't didn't believe it. You know, I was sitting there <laughs> thinking like, okay, Paul Paul just won his sixth world championship. Uh-huh. Cool, you know, awesome. You know, like I guess in my mind I was like, okay, well, this is more of the the greatest of all time talk going right. on. You know what I mean? I'm like, six is a big number. Uh-huh. And then while I'm still thinking of this, you throw Ooh. the disc <laughs> it's like you know like how has that happened and then you go to hole 16 for the playoff and it's like mm-hmm. well, damn like james crushed has been crushing this hole all weekend you got the ace <laughs> earlier right and you birdied it every other yeah every other round, i was so. never maybe further than about 15 feet out on that one yes yeah, yeah. yeah dialed yeah it's like and that's where people talk about you know the shot being mm-hmm. the shot i think that 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 your shot on 16 was even more clutch than you know right, your, your shot on 18 less Less spectacular, but it was definitely like a just as much of a nervous like yeah. You know, well, you know. on eighteen, it was almost like a pull and pray type of thing. Like mm-hmm. you're like, I know I can trust this and throw it, but the probability, right. it's not you know, not, there's not, not a there. big chance it's going to happen. No one right. ever thinks from two hundred fifty feet out that you're gonna you're gonna can it. You know, so right. so then when you get on sixteen, it's like you know, like in my mind, I'm like, well, this is. I thought it was going to go to another hole. Yeah, I was yeah. I was expecting expecting that. I mean, I was trying not to have too many thoughts like that. I was trying mm-hmm. to push anything but the present, like kind of out of the mind. Yeah. But yeah, I was. Sixteen is one of the easiest holes on the course, if you ask me. So I was expecting to probably have it decided on seventeen or eighteen, yeah. which are a little more challenging. Nice, nice. Um, what? I mean, what what went through your mind when you hit that tree, on eighteen? Like you cleared the water, hit that tree, and then it landed what three, four feet from the edge of the water. Yeah, it was not far from the water. I was, um, I guess, disappointed. I was a little frustrated. It's like a kind of an awkward built-up tee pad, um, so it's kind of a restricted run-up, and it restricts the direction you can approach the front of the tee pad from, and the length of your run-up, and. Mm-hmm. So I had a bit of frustration that, like, uh, you know, that that was possibly what cost me a chance to win. Yeah. But try it. Yeah. Being in that in that much of like a focused state of mind, it's you you have little thoughts like that. But and 
I found that I can acknowledge these thoughts and, you know, experience them for, for a moment or two, but just like the quicker that you can just like let them kind of melt away and, and just think about, all right, what's next and what can I do from there? And um, the quicker you can kind of get onto that mindset rather than being like, oh, I'm mad I hit that tree or I'm mad that the pad was mm. bad or I can't believe Paul stayed inbounds or, you know, any any thoughts like that are not helpful. So yeah. I was... I feel like mentally I was pretty strong that week. I was able to like, you know, I was have moments of frustration or what have you, but I was able to let let them go very quickly and keep kind of just keep as present as possible. And yeah. So I knew I was in bounds and I wasn't sure what my lie was going to be like. So I was thinking like, you know, I might might be able to get up and down with a roller. I might might be able to make something happen. Um, but yeah, when I when I found my lie, it was pretty much stuck to a standstill because the bank was so close. And yeah, at that point, I was like, "Well, the worst thing I could do is throw out of bounds, because mm-hmm. then, um, you know, yeah, you're, that's you're my third it, shot yeah. is a penalty, and I think I need a three, so I got to get it in bounds where I can at least, you know, see the basket, maybe have a chance at making it." Yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine you run into that at a lot of places where the tee box isn't quite long enough or there's you know a fall off in front of it you know with, yeah, with, your, with your long run-up uh, right um we just had uh, dustin keegan and zoe and were here and zoe mentioned and i kind of i laughed at it because i have a really short run-up but uh-huh. she was like tee boxes need to be i forget what her distance was but i want to say <laughs> she said like 18 or 20 feet long yeah and i was like well we're not all james conrad but then she was like i have a long run-up too and mm-hmm. i mean i can imagine there's a lot of pros that have long run or just anybody to have a long run-up you right know? And, you know to really to yeah. have to, like and to have that type of confidence off the tee has to be a big thing that's what i always stress is that like i only expect to have one one good footing shot on every single hole and that's the tee box right you know give me a good tee shot and then if i land in mud or i'm in i'm in a bush or whatever like i shouldn't have thrown it there right you know so you know um is that something you think that really should be stressed more like like making a a standardized size to a tee box and yeah i would love it um i feel there's it's it's never so easy though you know like Part of what's cool about disc golf is like how extreme of environments we can play it in. Like mm-hmm. we can play it on the side of a mountain, or we can play it in, in like pretty dense forests and stuff like that. And some of those places, it's just not really feasible to have giant tee pads. Um, in a perfect world, sure, like yeah, get us, get me a ten by twenty tee pad on every hole. But mm. um, yeah, yeah, you can't always get that. No, can't. Yeah. And I think I find it most frustrating. You know, when we're in a location like that, we're up in the mountains or something, it's like, okay, like, I understand. This is the space we're working with. Like, but if we're on, like, a on a wide-open golf course-style disc golf course and there's, like, literally unlimited space, but they take the tee pad and back it up into the corner of the property and you have, like, a 12-foot run-up yeah. or a, some 1,000-foot par 5 when there's, like, infinite flat ground on this golf course. You couldn't give me 20 fucking feet to work with. Yeah, just, yeah, French, just, move, yeah, just move it forward yeah, just like, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. When, there's no, when there's no, like, good reason for the tee pad to be short or have a tree right behind it or mm-hmm. or have a big drop-off on the front, you know, when it's things like that, that's when it really irritates me because it's, you know, for some people it's perfectly fine and for other people it's, like, a severe handicap. And mm-hmm. I feel like it should just be as fair as possible. Yeah, well, and, I mean, if you make the tee pad long and wide like that then uh 
you know, for someone like me that I need eight feet to run up, I can still run up and do eight feet. Yeah, and you yeah. can start a little closer or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. Or not doesn't... get so close to the edge of the tee box. You right. Know? Like, I see yeah. so many people step in at the end. You know, right. we, we've all seen Kevin Jones's ace at Maple Hill right. where he had to step right at the edge of the tee box and then slip. Like, if, if that tee box was a little longer, he could have stepped back maybe a foot, and, mm-hmm. and but then maybe he wouldn't have aced. So <laughs> 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 I often think about those things, you know. Uh-huh. It's like or if you would have laid up that second shot to, you know, 260 feet you know that mm-hmm. may not have happened you know so right. it's kind of all those little things that happen that make it you know right and proper for it you know oh yeah so that's pretty cool but uh nice man yeah i'm still thinking about it. like how, how like like i mean i know Fi- i know philo said that you know the philobatross was a big deal that changed his life you know and that was considered one of the greatest shots nico had the albatross at uh mm-hmm. on 888 out there at usdgc so right you know and like and then to have your shot in that same talk has to be like pretty cool you know yeah it, it's really cool um it's obviously not one of the most technically difficult shots that has been thrown or anything along those mm-hmm. lines but just the the fact that the circumstances fell out the way they did, where yeah. it was even, even an option, like where it came right down to that to that one moment, and that yeah, I was able to execute at that time. It's yeah, I think that and like the state, it was just like it was stadium seating there. Right, like there were so many people, and like every like. It was, yeah. I wish I was, I mean, I, I'm just, I wish I was there just like, to feel, like, I, I feel it watching it. Like, yeah. just, you know, to be there and to see, like, everybody running on, like, breaking protocol of normal disc golf, you know, etiquette right. to run out on the, onto the, the fairway, <laughs> you know, like, see Ricky give you a big hug. Like, uh-huh. you know, everybody just running around. That's like, I mean, and that's, I think that's what we need. We need that excitement. We need that more so than, you know, these these really tense, quiet moments. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course you want to be quiet when, you know, you're throwing and all that stuff. But, like, to be able to cheer and, and it was appropriate because you're the last car down the course, too. Right. You know, sometimes when you hear cheering, like, I'll watch live coverage or coverage and you hear cheering. Like, what, the Delaware, up at Delaware. Yeah. And uh, Austin hit that ace, right? And, and you can cheering. hear cheering, and they're like, "What? Like, what on? the hell is going on?" You know, that's and that always can, kind of fun, though. You're like, "That sounded like an ace." Like, I wonder who ace. And yeah, you can like pull up U disc and yeah, it like out, that. But. That one's a cool one to see, just because when they show footage, it seemed like no, when everybody was cheering, it almost was like they were there were a handful cheering for the ace, and everybody else was cheering on hole. 12 for the lead card and uh-huh. like nobody really knew and knew what was going on yeah, yeah to hear like the raw footage of like the guy like the the cameraman it's on the it, on the, it, on the walkie-talkie like <laughs> that's got to be pretty cool and kind of you know i want to i'd want to see my ace go in if i was to do something like that uh-huh. but i mean at the same time you know to to hit that you know yeah yeah that's that's a that's a really cool thing you know so <laughs> uh-huh. awesome um so what uh i mean of, of course you expect I'd hope you expect to win all the time, but what are your expectations this weekend for uh, the match play? I I wouldn't say I have too many expectations. I want to try to try to enjoy the the matches. I want to um, try to put on a good show, and uh, I want to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I think I I've got as good of a chance as anyone, pretty much. Mm-hmm. There's a couple guys out there that definitely have a. A distance advantage over me. I was playing the skins with like Eagle and Double G today, and it's just, just pretty wild how far those guys can throw. Yeah. But um, there's only one or two holes where that maybe can like, you know, get them a stroke. Like most of the par fours, I still have a chance just to find chance to birdie and throw in an extra two hundred or two hundred feet. Just kind of brings OB in quicker sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's 
it's risk reward. You know, you could bomb it 650 feet down the fairway and have a shorter upshot, but you could also bomb it way up there and out of bounds. And if I can throw a controlled shot 450 to 500 feet in that range, mm. I should still be able to get up and down. Yeah, nice. Nice. I guess that kind of comes into play, you know, very big time when you're playing, you know, a course like what, what's going on at match play, you know, mm -hmm. and especially with it being match play. It's right. not stroke play. It's just one hole at a time and everything yeah. like that. Do you, uh, do you get opportunity to play match play very often or? Not often, but I do have a bit of experience. I've played the Virginia team invitational, the VTI. I know a lot of people around here all know about that, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, and I, I saw you down at uh, WVTI the one year. Yeah, I've played that at least once, maybe a couple times, but I've probably played probably like seven different match play events okay. over the years. So not not frequent, but yeah. definitely have some experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's definitely a different mindset. And you mm -hmm. know, I know when, uh, when, when Steve and I went out to the course, we went out with Hank, and we were just like looking at the design of everything like that. It's like it's not... You have to design a course differently for yeah. for match play. Also, you know, yeah. it's not like normal stroke play and everything mm -hmm. like that. You know, you kind of you want to have different like you want to have different scores going on and, right. and have all that going on. So, you know, um, how did you uh, how did you enjoy the course? I've I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites to play, but it was it's definitely challenging, and I think it and it's really pretty out there. But mm. I think. I think it'll make for exciting matches. Um, there's a few holes that feel like you ought to birdie. Then there's a few holes where I feel like a birdie feels really good. So, um, so all those you know have option have a good chance of a of a, a stroke or a what do you call it a point? I guess in match play. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, a point. Yeah, yeah, have a point going one way or the other. Like. If mm -hmm. someone birdies hole one or even hole two, I feel like that's a good chance at a point early in the match. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, those are like – I know hole two is definitely uh, – that's one that I feel like there could be a lot of different scores on, you know, mm -hmm. throwing through the woods on that first shot. And yeah. if you don't land up on that tee pad, that, right. that golf tee pad up yeah, there the right no way. no chance of up and down. Yeah, yeah, you get up into that those, – those bushes on the right or you go over to the left, you skip off that way and you get down it's towards that other. It's way harder, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely changes it up, you know. I know uh, that's actually – pretty close to what the hole was originally when the course went in so okay. i've gotten to play that one a bunch of times and cool. very rarely land on that <laughs> box, you know and it's it's uh, uh -huh. it's it's one that really can kick the crap out of you you know so yeah nice nice all right well everybody's kind of filtering back now from uh from steel club and everything like that yeah. um is there anything uh, you know you want to you know you know you're are you promoting anything right now or push? Well, I mean, obviously you're always promoting MVP and everything like that. But right. is there anything you want to say to your fans out there? Yeah, I want to thank everyone that's picked up a Envy or a Nomad. I've seen tons of people tagging me and disc golf shops tagging me on Instagram and stuff. Everyone getting their their shipments in these last couple of weeks, and it's just really cool to see everyone out there loving the the Envy and the Nomad, and really appreciate all the support. I'm getting royalties off all those sales, so that, that goes a long way to, to helping me out. And, yeah, huge shout-out to anyone that's bought some James Conrad Disc Golf gear, jamesconraddiscgolf.com. You can get some shirts and hats. I'm definitely looking to expand the, the inventory this winter when I have a little more time, but it's always cool to see someone with a JC hat or shirt on out there, so thank, thanks to all y'all. Yeah, that's got it. And that's, I know I just said we'll finish. How's it, like, how's that, like, 
going to like I, I have like a I have a pseudo apparel company we uh-huh. do software which okay. was like a joke basically like, <laughs> Steve, like Steve sponsored on the uh-huh. team Carmen was on the team for a little while before he nice. went to Birdie but how, like how's that feel to see someone wearing like a James Conrad hat or that's, James Conrad that's really shirt. cool yeah um, not not entirely used to it too like I, like oh shoot there's one of my shirts that's mm-hmm. awesome like yeah it just well, makes me feel good well I'm sure like when you started this off you didn't think you were going to be uh, like a celebrity you know? yeah like, I know we talked about that, that before yeah. like sometimes you just want to go to a course and play and like <laughs> you, can go, you can get bombarded by uh-huh. by fans you know and that's and uh, and uh, you're you're a very nice you're a very nice person like that's why I wanted you on here like I you know just talking with you a little bit I was like it's this is the kind of guy I want to talk to you but that's got to be tough to like to go from being nice guy to like, come on, just like, I, I, I want to throw. Like, I got to throw a disc. Like, I, I came out here for this, not a, not necessarily a signing. So you right. know, I'm sure you probably take that in stride, you know. But Yeah, it can be overwhelming at times, but it's, it's always just really positive energy. Like, no, no one's ever usually ever like rude or too pushy mm. or anything they just want a bit a bit of my time and i usually have a little bit to spare yeah well you're very likable you know there's there's a lot of players out there that you know have the hate have their haters <laughs> you know and there's uh-huh. and, and there's the people that are like you know everybody's really passionate about but i i can't imagine anybody being a james conrad hater you know which is which <laughs> I'm is sure cool. there's some but oh yeah i mean you know yeah you know, <laughs> i mean even even like even like you beat paul uh-huh. And he like I, he's not a hater, you know right. what I mean? Like even afterwards, he's like people were saying like, "How are you disappointed?" He's like, "Did you see that shot?" Like, <laughs> like, like he was a fan at that moment, which is right. really which is really cool. Which is, that, that has to cool. be an awesome thing for you to like, especially a teammate, a friend like Paul, like uh-huh. to like you know even when you beat him and you know on the biggest stage, like to you know for him to support you like that. It's, it yeah. seems like there's a lot of that out there. When yeah, I love how how many people on tour are just show really good sportsmanship it, mm. it's really refreshing it's yeah it's awesome yeah i think that's why you know disc golf is what it is and and it should should be bigger you know because of that type right. of thing you know there's not a lot of sports where those types of things happen you know like you yeah. see that in pro sports sometimes people went to the same college or played on the same you know sub team and now they're in the you know the majors or the nfl or whatever and now they can you know they can they have those ties to each other and everything like that and mm-hmm. support each other but i'd like i can't just seeing people win on tour, like, you know, seeing everybody so supportive is pretty, is really freaking awesome, you know? Yeah, and, it's, it's really special. Heck yeah. But, all right, James, dude, thank you very, very much, man. This is, uh, yeah, you're this, welcome. This, this is a pleasure, man. I'm truly honored. You know, this is, uh, this is my fond, my fond's moment of jumping the shark, you know what I mean? So, so that's, awesome. a, that's a big deal, dude. So thank you very much. And uh, actually, do, do you have the world, do you have your trophy here? Do you have, I don't. Oh, damn, I was no. gonna, I was gonna, but I was gonna put you on the spot to like to, to at least let me hold it. I was like, uh-huh. damn, dude, that would be really cool. But it's like forty pounds, not good for the van life. Yeah, I, I got it at my parents' house right now. Oh, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they they ring that thing every so often for you. I'm sure. So awesome. Uh, yeah, dude, thank you very much, and uh, you know, yeah, best, you're best of luck this weekend, man. I'm I'm rooting for you. I hope you do well, and and for the rest of the tour, you know what I mean. And maybe hopefully go down and. Uh, and kick some butt down to USDGC and, yeah. and win that again. Actually, dude, I keep saying I'm going to leave. Steve knows this. Steve Bro is now our, our studio audience. Steve knows this very much that I end the podcast numerous, numerous times and keep going and keep talking. I, I can, I can. I mean, you're you're not just a world. You're the you're a USDGC champion. So you're US champion, world champion. Yeah, there's not there's not many people that can say both those things. That's right. like that's a that's a really big deal, you know. And like, thank you. You're, you're very you're a very humble person and very much in the moment. But you know, I hope you can look back look at it and realize how how big of a deal that is. Like that's, that's freaking amazing, you know. 
Yeah. Thank you. Dude, awesome. All right, I'm gonna finally going to go. <laughs> At this point, usually I'll cut everything out, but thank you very much, James. And yep. uh, everybody that listens to Weekly Pump, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check out James, jamesconrad.com. jamesconraddiscgolf.com. jamesconraddiscgolf.com. I'll put that link in the description and everything like that. Buy all the JC gear you can. Buy all the MVs you can. Buy all the Nomads I, you can. I'm actually going to go online right now and order some. Nice. Hopefully they're available, you know. Don't don't look at me like that, Steve. <laughs> don't look at me like that, Steve. I will go on and buy all that stuff. Thank you guys very much, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.